0: welcome to Soloish, a Washington Post podcast about being unmarried but far from alone. I'm your host, Lisa Bonos, and today we're talking about divorce. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I've never been married, so I've never been divorced, and that meant that I had a lot of questions for my guests who've been through it all. What's interesting, I think, from these conversations is that in certain ways, These couples and individuals we're talking to are closer with their former spouses now as exes than they were while they were married. They have some great advice for how to part from a loved one and how to get along once the marriage is over. And it's wisdom that feels applicable no matter your relationship status, whether you've never married or married right now or have been through a divorce. The first up in this episode is Wendy Paris, the author of a new book called Splitopia dispatches from today's good divorce and how to part well. She talks about how she felt closer to her husband as they were dissolving their marriage and has some thoughts on how to be an excellent ex. Then we'll speak with a dynamic duo that readers of the Washington Post will be very familiar with. Advice columnist Carolyn Hacks. Two people meet and are interested in each other and get to know each other and date and marry and then, you know, discover we're better friends and nick galifianakis who draws the cartoons for carolyn's syndicated column
1: people ask me all the time what did did you and carolyn have any children and i always say the same thing yes we did (laughs) world's best advice column
0: the two of them used to be married and they still work together every day let's start with wendy welcome wendy thanks for joining us today you also wrote a piece for Soloish recently about going on a trip to Mexico right around the time you and your husband decided to split up, and you were concerned about getting a negative reaction when you told people that you were getting divorced, but were surprised that so many people were greeting you with optimism and hope for the future. In, in what ways was your experience of getting divorced positive?
2: Oh, there's a, there's a lot of ways that getting divorced can be positive. I want to say that when you said that uh, I've never been married, so I've never been divorced. Like yeah. I haven't gotten the opportunity to get it divorced happens. yet. So <laughs> I have this I have this quote in my book, which I think is um, is so funny. This is in my last chapter, which is called "Happily Ever After Divorce." About divorces that improve with time, that maybe started out hmm. you know bad but got better. And this is a quote um, from Woody Allen. Okay. He says. For a while, we pondered whether to take a vacation or get a divorce. We decided that a trip to Bermuda is over in two weeks, but a divorce is something you always have so <laughs> So you haven't gotten that notch on your belt yet. I don't think divorce is anybody's plan A right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're still as a culture we're really romantic about marriage. We enter our marriages from a lo- you know as love matches, not you know largely not economic or you know uh, economic or social matches um But uh, there is a lot that we can gain from loss. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, I could answer that question in a lot of ways. um, You know, many people talk about um, becoming an adult for the first time. Women will talk about, I feel like an adult for the first time. You know, they didn't want after getting a divorce. Like they didn't want this. Well, there's one woman who, oh, um, she's in Colorado. Her husband was working in uh, Alaska and had an affair with a woman in Alaska. And um, they decided to split up. But. They were still sleeping together somewhere in there, so she wound up pregnant and divorced. Wow. So she wound up with three little kids, um, and she had to move to a cheaper town in in Colorado. Uh, she's watching her kids during the day and going back to school at night because she hadn't finished her bachelor's degree. Her ex husband is now in Alaska working, um, but with the new with the new wife, and she said, I can do all these things now that I could Mm -hmm. never do before. I used to think you just magically become an adult, but I married right after school because I was a little afraid of having to do everything, and now I can change the oil in my car. I can fix the disposal. So this wasn't a choice she would have made, but... um, she can see how it's allowed her to flourish as a complete person. And I hear that not infrequently, yeah, maybe starting. more often with women who married younger. Mm-hmm. I think women maybe still make more compromises in marriage, even if we don't think we do. Yeah. And so a divorce can be a chance to um, really own more of yourself.
0: I was. Uh, I was that you had this other line that struck me about being in couples counseling with your husband while you guys are working through or contemplating divorce. And you wrote that you gazed across the couch at this man I'd known for years and thought, I'm going to wind up loving him more during our divorce than when we were married. That sounds kind of romantic.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, but this is a big thing I gained in divorce, right? So I was married. I was really unhappy. Uh My husband's a good guy, but not a good husband for me, maybe for somebody else. And I was unhappy and I complained a lot about it and I complained in front of our friends. And so I was this person, right, who was this complainer and didn't appreciate everything he did. So we split up and, um, you know, he's great. I married the ideal ex-husband. Like he is, you know, he's he doesn't have um, huge ups and downs emotionally, you know, and this was when we were married, I felt that he wouldn't celebrate my successes and he wouldn't really commiserate with my struggles. But in, in divorce, it's wonderful to have an ex-partner who's so even keel. You know, yeah. I can be worrying and he's like, it's fine. It's all going to be fine. You know, it's very <laughs> and he's a great I he, he, person yeah, to divorce. He's a great person to divorce. He's, you know, totally ethical and the stable sort of, you know, Low, um, you know, not not a lot of frequency uh-huh. variation. So, so um, that's great. But I also have had an opportunity to use all those wonderful communication techniques that counselors are always recommending when you're married, but they can be impossible to do when you're like locked in this contentious marriage. And now I am so impressed with myself, sort of daily. Like if I yeah. get angry, I can say, "Well." I'm just going to sit with this and I'll I'll think about it and, you know, I'll address it tomorrow. And then usually by tomorrow, I've seen it from his side or he's fixed it already. How do you
0: get there from a marriage that isn't working to a divorce that...
2: Is working. Yeah, you know, ideally you would get from a marriage that isn't working to a marriage that is working. But but that doesn't that doesn't always happen. When we first split up, I was um, at an event with some other moms, and you know, I said my husband had moved out. We're taking a trial separation, and three of the other moms said, "I wish my husband would move out just for a month." <laughs> <laughs> and I, I felt they wanted, like they wanted a break, yeah, yeah, and I feel like, why don't you do that, you know, but people are so, you know, they're so precious about their marriage, and it yeah. has to exist in this certain way, and I think, you know, in all of those situations, if they had had a little space, you know, that lets you appreciate the other person, and it lets you reconnect with yourself, and yeah. then sort of go back into it, so I'll now, like, with my with my ex-husband sometimes you know we we still do things together with our son you know he'll come over in the morning um and we'll walk our son to school together sometimes and we go hiking um as a family some Sundays and sometimes he'll come over and I'll and and I'll be like are you mad at me or is this just your personality and he'll say no this is just my personality and and I can say are you sure because you know if I were behaving that way, it would be because I was pissed off. But you know, so but I couldn't do that when I was married. Mm. I couldn't. I couldn't have that objectivity because everything felt so urgent. You know, oh. if but I'm so much more able to say, you know, oh, sorry, was that you know, did I just do something? Are you irritated with me for yeah. you know getting out of the house slowly, or yeah. you know, was that critical? And generally, it's not me. You know, generally he's so in his head; it's something else entirely. But and you would like to say, well, I could have figured that out in marriage, but. You know, we have so much riding on our marriage, and and you want your spouse to reflect you back positively and, you know, connect with you emotionally. So I don't know that you want to be quite, have quite that distance in marriage. Mm -hmm. But in divorce, you know, it's it's great.
0: I want to go back to just this notion of how to part well. Um, We can't get into everything in your book, but if there were maybe like three or four tips that you would have for somebody who's pondering a divorce right now and worried about how certain things are going to work
2: out? I have seven principles of parting, and I think our principles are guideposts to keep you on course in difficult times. Don't confuse filing with closure. Commit to self-compassion. Take ownership of the future and the past. Build a toolkit for the transition. Combat anger with empathy. Resist the urge to compare and create positive moments. Okay. So um, so uh, don't confuse filing with closure. People will say there's like five parts to a divorce. There's the legal, but there's the uh, physical separation. There's sexual separation. There's financial separation. Um, I don't know what the other one is, maybe. Emotional separation. And so it, it takes a long time to process that, no matter how quickly you mm-hmm. dispense with the legal details. Um, my number one principle of parting is commit to self-compassion. And this might not be um, an obvious principle, but what What happens is, yeah, so self-compassion is um, a three-part idea that is derived from Buddhism. Uh, And the first part is seeing yourself with forgiveness and understanding, and there's a tendency in divorce to, you know, carry a lot of blame and a lot of shame, and uh, this is counterproductive. Mm -hmm. Um, And also... Uh, people will speak to themselves with these incredibly harsh words that they would never use to a friend. Mm. And so um, view yourself with uh, forgiveness and understanding is to try to speak to yourself as you would to a friend going through a difficult time, maybe even writing a letter to yourself as you would to a friend. See the universality of your experience, um, struggling as part of the human condition, And if you think I'm the only person on my block, I'm the only person who's ever gone through this, it it further distances you and it contributes to feelings of um, alienation. And then the third part, this is all part of commit to Mm self-compassion. The third part is practice mindfulness. And mindfulness in divorce means being present with how you're feeling, you know, not just like drinking it away or, you know, whatever. Um, But not letting it overwhelm you. So, so you know living with your feelings and then being able to put them down and go do something fun or something positive like your divorce is not your whole life it's yeah, just a piece wow. of your life i, I have a, one of my principles is uh combat anger with empathy mm-hmm. um and people can get you know you're scared you're angry somebody uh one of the experts i interviewed said anger is hurt wearing a mask mm-hmm. um or and then he said also uh, it can be a tragic substitution of power for self worth. There's a this you know this sort of we get locked in anger and it's a it's a backward looking emotion and it keeps you stuck. It keeps you trapped. And you know as as much of a stretch as this can be, if you can have empathy for your partner, that that can really help. You say, well, this woman um, whose husband went to Alaska, mm-hmm. she said. I don't know what it's like to live so far away from your children. I would never say it's easier for him. He says it tears him up. And he doesn't believe he can get work anywhere but Alaska. So, you know, that, and so that gives her a feeling of empowerment. Um, Okay, so that's the second one. Um, A third principle is take ownership of the future and the past. And um, a sense of agency correlates with positive divorce recuperation. Mm -hmm. So, agency is feeling like your actions actually have an impact on your life. So, take ownership. Um, build a toolkit for the transition. You're re yeah. your life. And, yeah. and it's it's jarring. And also people maybe don't want really to be single again. And so there's a lot of resistance. And yeah. yes, so, yeah. um, okay. Resist the urge to compare. And this can be to compare your situation with your exes or your divorce oh, to like the horrible divorce you just yeah. heard about. Like don't take that horrible divorce it's as a sign. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we there's this you know, this life coach phrase, compare and despair, you know, and I think that's true in divorce too. And the last one is create positive moments, that happiness is not just an absence of negative things, but also the presence of positive. And we can actively shoehorn in positive experiences and that positive feelings, even something small, like stopping to appreciate a beautiful sunset.
0: The analogy you made before when talking about the toolkit, as far as emergency planning, so much disaster planning, right, as far as a natural disaster, but we don't plan for a natural disaster within relationships
2: necessarily. No, we just think about, like, how long people really, you know, how long you think about the cake frosting for a wedding and the hors d'oeuvres and the dress and the dress. You know, like, like we really, you know, spend six months or a year doing that, but we don't go to some, you know, whether it's, we do go to counseling, but that's usually when there's a problem. We don't do some kind of soul-searching or,
0: What's in a good ex-husband?
2: If you come over, you know, you drop off your child and you take out her trash. As an ex-husband, she's going to call five friends to tell him about it. <laughs> if you take out the trash as a husband, like, you should have done it yesterday. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, yes. Yeah, so I think, okay. I just want to encourage people to really, yeah. you know, because we're, you know, we see divorce, so really step into the role of doing an excellent job as an ex-spouse and sort of let go of the, well, maybe I didn't do a great job maybe as a spouse. Maybe that's what the X stands for. Excellent. X for Excellent. Now, of all those
0: principles that Wendy mentioned for how to part well from your spouse, Carolyn Hacks and Nick Galifianakis seem to have excelled with that principle of creating positive moments since their split. They work together every day to bring readers of The Washington Post and other newspapers around the country, an advice column that is empathetic, funny, and just really honest. Those are qualities that their relationship seems to have as well. I was curious about how they worked together as exes. Let's take a listen. Thanks for doing. Thanks for having me. us. What have been the hardest parts about working together?
3: Is trying to coordinate the lives of You're the scared. lives and work of two extremely busy people. I mean, it's just it's just yeah. it's hard. And we've we've found ways that I mean we've really adapted and, and but the way we've adapted has had to change over the years too. I mean we have a certain way of doing things and then our lives changed and we had to go back and, and say all right this isn't working we have to try this way. It's a constant maintenance issue, I guess, is the word, what I'd call it. you just You just have to tend to the fact that we are interdependent, let's say codependent, and we have to yeah. and so I can't move forward until he's done his part, and he can't do his part until I've done mine, and so we have to make sure, and again, we're both being pulled in a lot of different directions. It's not just this, it's not like we're just waiting around mm-hmm. to get this you know to do this one thing, and so uh, accommodating that and remaining flexible because things happen. You know, sometimes we'll have a routine and then, um, you know, Nick will be traveling on that day or I'll have a doctor's appointment. And so we have, to, we have to change it. And the thing is when the schedule has no room in it, changing it isn't just a matter of, okay, we'll just talk at four instead of one.
1: Everything we do work-wise and the, and the, and the many forms that takes is in, uh-huh. in, in reflexively looked at through the filter of how does this affect the other how does this affect carolyn Carolyn said, at how does this affect nick and so it's right. just, just a mm-hmm. reflex we build we build into the way we work together
0: is it almost like you're still married in a way it, no it's, it's actually very different i would
3: yeah. say i mean it is you have to consider somebody else but it's mm-hmm. that's not just true of marriage that's true of being a neighbor being a parent being a friend being a colleague i mean you just when you're yeah. in these situations where you're working as part of a team you always have to think about the other one so it's it's you know again i think we do much better as 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 a colleague teammates than married teammates
0: yeah
1: yeah being being married has helped us i think in some ways just because of the time and invested with each other uh you know we mm-hmm. have uh, a, a shorthand um we can improvise. We we understand what the other is trying to get at. I mean, God right. knows. Mm-hmm. I, I I'll blather out a uh, a paragraph of a suggestion, and, and Carolyn knows exactly what I mean, and then she can distill it, you know, to three words. Right, uh,
3: right. and so we the, also know how the other one can do better. I mean we we both know what the other's mm-hmm. capable of. So when we're at when we're at, we're at a yeah. B, we can we know there's an A in there somewhere and neither of us has mm-hmm. any problem criticizing the other's work because we've divorced each other. What's the worst we can say?
1: You know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. Worry about,
3: We don't worry about hurting each other. You know, it's just you know that is that's yeah. just not funny. You know, you just say it. There's no
1: yeah. it's amazing I could completely be myself because, you know, Carolyn already knows I'm an idiot. So I don't know. Yeah. Have... <laughs> we always had the the dynamic where we were honest with each other's work—it's always geared towards, uh, and, and I mean, just sort of naturally so, elevating the whole product. There's no
3: mm-hmm.
1: my way is a better way, and you know, it's suff- right. It's, it's an eleva- it, It's elevating the whole thing in whatever form it took when we were dating and married and on mm-hmm. through. It's the, certain things, certain things, still uh, have always remained true. Uh, and that that's that helps the column. You know, uh, we care about each other. We know each other very well. Mm-hmm. We respect each other. Mm-hmm. We look up to each other. We, have, we completely trust each other. Uh, I know for a fact she has my back. And her uh, skills complement my skills and make me better than I would be without her.
0: Carolyn, do you ever get questions from readers who want to know, you know, oh, I dated somebody in the office, and now I have to work with him or her every day, and it's really awkward. What do I do? I suspect that people who want
3: to figure out how to do this could learn a lot from people who have to raise children after divorcing, because mm-hmm. there's something yeah. that's more important than your feelings, than your anger, than your, um, than the smoking wreckage of the relationship. There's just something more important, and you mm-hmm. have to serve that more important thing, and you just... You just go. I mean, you just deal with it and you feel rotten sometimes. And I mean not anymore. I'm talking about way back when When I mean the first few months when we were we didn't take a break at all. We
0: we I was no kind of there was, about was that. no you, really we worked
3: right through it. I mean
0: yep.
3: right through it. And mm-hmm. so that wasn't and it was hard. But it was just again, we were serving something bigger and Yeah, I'm
1: as proud was, of that as I am hmm. anything.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It was just you know, you just take a deep breath and, and the thing is that you just talking about the the issue of a particular column you get out of yourself I mean you're talking about these other people Mm -hmm. you're talking about something that's that's just human and that and you stay with that and suddenly it's not Mm -hmm. about what you're feeling at the moment it's about what you're doing and it's actually I found it therapeutic by the time we got through the really the really difficult stuff of just getting used to the idea of of making the call and getting started on the work I found it therapeutic
1: and, you know, what, doing, doing that and then doing it over and over while you're going through all of this uh, difficulty, <clears throat> it mm-hmm. has the collateral consequence, maybe it's not so collateral, of reminding you um, and underlining the things that you like about this person. And so mm, those nice. are the things that we ended up keeping. We, we kept everything yeah. good between us. Uh, and which mm-hmm. is why uh, we could, could, the column could continue with both of us and why uh, the friendship continues the way that it does. So, you know, by working together that way and interestingly working on those issues that we do every day, with this column, mm-hmm. um, it underlines, you know, well, yeah, this doesn't work between um, me and Carolyn, but look at what does. Mm-hmm. Wow. Carolyn, to pick up on what you said earlier uh, about how of the analogy you used with having children and how there's something larger um, than yourself at stake, and so you, you power through. As people ask me all the time, well, did, did you and Carolyn have any children? And I always say the same thing. Yes, we did. <laughs> world's best advice column.
3: It had a way of shaping the way we thought of each other and feel about each other and look back on our time together. And I think it could be very
0: different if we had just gone completely our separate ways. So, divorcing couples everywhere should go start a joint blog or a podcast. <laughs> well, or they should,
1: you know what? They should. They should
0: right. The
3: Artist couples everywhere should get divorced. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> really kickstart that work. <laughs> I'm sh- sure you hear this all the time, but readers sure benefit from um, the synchronicity that you two have cultivated over the years because it, you know plays out in the column being so sharp and funny. Oh thanks. I say we, we mess um, things up so you don't have to. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. You'll see all the blood and body parts and entrails. Well, <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's oh again with my entrails. <laughs> oh, well thanks for thanks for joining us today. Thanks to all our guests. If you would like to read more from Wendy Paris, you can find a soloish essay she wrote recently on WashingtonPost.com. Or on her website, wendyparis.com. you can find information about her book tour or order a copy of Splatopia. If you have a burning question for Carolyn, you can reach her by email at tellme@washpost.com. And Nick Galifianakis, her partner in advice giving, is reachable on Facebook and Twitter as NGalifianakis. As always, if you have comments for me, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Lisa Bonos. And thanks again to our producer, Pamela Kirkland. We'll catch you next time. Bye.